I stood up, dropped the axe, and forced my fingers between the elevator doors. I grunted as I used all my strength to force them open, barely able to get it to separate by an inch. I let go, taking deep breaths. Then, a light bulb lit above my head. I lifted the axe and jammed the blade between the doors. I pushed against the handle, the metal creaking as it separated. I pushed harder, trying to make enough space to fit my hand through. Suddenly, the blade snapped off the wood, clanking to the ground. I quickly shoved my hand between the doors to stop it from closing. I dropped the handle, using both hands to pry the door open. When they were successfully open, I picked up the handle and the blade. There was no way of reattaching them. It was useless as a weapon. I tossed them in the corner of the elevator and stepped into the basement. I wrapped my goosebump-ridden arms across myself, the temperature dropping quickly. The basement was dark and bleak, the walls and floors a gray stone, weak lights illuminating the hall. I slowly continued on, my bare feet slapping against the cold floors. I peered around the corner at the end of the hall. It was vastly empty, rusted pipes that clanked as heat pumped through them lined across the walls. I turned the corner, observing a few different rooms as I walked past. Most of them were unhelpful to me. Things like the janitor's closet or plumbing, rooms that rang with sounds of steam. None of them were a staircase or an elevator, so they were useless. Till I reached the end of the hall and found a room that wasn't like the others. I stepped in front of it as strange sounds caught my ear. There were two big green doors, screw holes where a sign once was. I hesitantly pressed my ear against the door. The sounds were unrecognizable, possibly plumbing sounds. What was more concerning was what sounded like human grumbling. Disturbed, I pulled away from the door, looking down at the paint-chipped doorknob. I was too curious, so I reached for it, slowly turning it. I opened the door to just a crack, peeking inside. It was hard to get a good look, so I continued to open the door frame. When it was fully open, my jaw crashed to the ground. I couldn't process what I was seeing. About a dozen people hung from the ceiling, their hands and feet stretched out and tied to hooks. Some of them were presumably doctors, wearing white coats, others seeming to be patients, wearing hospital gowns. Ventilation masks covered their mouths, appearing to be pumping oxygen. The dangling tubes were attached to tall, thin steel tanks. I slowly approached the tanks, my wide eyes locked on the person it was attached to. They appeared to be unconscious. I looked down at the tank, detaching the tube from it. I hesitantly gripped the knob, slowly turning it. Suddenly, a jolt ran through my body as an ear-piercing sound exploded from the tank. I quickly sealed it again, reattaching the tube, my ears ringing. That was not oxygen. It sounded like a scream. I looked up, slapped my hand against my mouth to hold in a shout as I crossed gazes with the person. They stared at me, fear in their eyes. What happened to you? I whispered as I removed the hand from my mouth. He tried to speak, but was unable to, letting out panicked groans. Then I noticed something I hadn't seen before. Rubber cups were attached under his eyes, sewn to his skin. Clear tubes ran from the cups to the ground, the end of them sitting in a glass jar. I knelt down, leaning close to see inside. 
There was a bit of water inside. It didn't make any sense. I looked back up at the cup, then back down at the jar, trying to make the connection. Then my head jerked up as I realized. They were collecting tears. I thought about the nurse wiping away my tears and then licking it off her finger. Why are they collecting tears? I stood up, observing the rest of the people. They were all connected to tanks and jars, too. I slowly stepped back, trying to take in the room at its full scale. I blinked rapidly, still trying to understand what I was looking at. I yelped as I suddenly bumped into something, whipping around at the sound of glass clinking together. I had hit a shelf. Glass jars and bottles clumped together. I lifted a jar. A piece of tape stuck to it. Tears was written across it. They seemed to be storing them. I slid them around, grabbing a bottle. I ran my fingers over the label as it read. Fear. I twisted the cap off, almost dropping the bottle as a scream suddenly rang out. I whipped around to see if anyone else was down here with me. Confused, I turned back around and grabbed another bottle with the same label. Again, a disturbing scream was let out as I twisted the cap off. Are they bottling screams? How is that even possible? I looked over at the tanks, everything making more sense while getting even more confusing. It's not oxygen in the tanks. It's screams. I shifted around a few more bottles, reading labels like laughter and anger and other emotions. I didn't know why, but they managed to contain human emotions. But what were they using them for? My train of thought was cut off as the people began to groan. I turned around, realizing that they had all woken up. They wriggled around, screaming under their masks as they knocked jars over, their eyes locked on me. My eyes shifted around to each of them. I wanted to help, but I didn't know how. Suddenly, loud footsteps began to echo from down the hall. I quickly slid into the corner, punching up into a ball and praying whoever it was would go away. Of course, nothing was ever easy, as I heard them getting closer, but the people wouldn't stop wriggling around. They wanted my help so desperately. I felt guilty, but I was left with no choice. I held my breath, pressing my knees against my chest as someone walked in. The people stopped moving at the sight of her presence. Calm down. You're making a mess for nothing, she berated them. She stood a few jars up, menacingly walking in front of them. She randomly stopped in front of one of them, caressing her finger across their face. What makes you think this was going to work? She asked in a childish, condescending tone. Their bulging eyes turned to me. She took notice of this. Have you seen a ghost or something? She asked, turning around. We locked eyes, my body paralyzed with pins and needles. Within a second, she came lunging at me. I impulsively grabbed a bottle off the shelf, smashed it against her head before she could reach me. The glass shattered, a deafening scream bursting from the bottle. She stumbled around, plugging her ears as blood trickled down her forehead. I ran out the door, pushing myself off the wall as I fell into it. I flew down the hall, my heartbeat in sync with my pounding footsteps. I hooked around the corner, almost crashing to the ground. I passed the elevator and found the staircase that she had to have come from. 
I tugged on the doorknob, on the brink of crying as it was locked. I noticed under the knob was a keyhole. I then realized she probably had the keys that I'd have to remove from her corpse when I murdered her. The basement had nothing to defend myself, so I'd have to get creative. I peered around the corner, watching as she limped out of the room, a bottle in her hand. She stood in the middle of the hall, twisting the cap off the bottle. She quickly shoved the neck of the bottle into her mouth, a scream puffing up her cheeks as it ran in her throat. She swallowed the scream, beginning to breathe heavily. Then I realized they're not just storing human emotions, they're consuming them. I observed from behind the wall as she growled with each breath, her skin slowly turning red and her irises glowing. And finally, dark, goat-like horns began to erect from her head, stopping as they curled. I felt like I was trapped with an enraged bull. She began storming down the hall, her feet practically about to crack the ground. Unable to hide, I needed to find something to fight. I looked around, filled with hopelessness by the emptiness, until I noticed a hanging pipe, water dripping out the end. I quickly ran out in her line of sight, latching onto the pipe as I tried to break it off. She came barreling towards me as I pulled harder. When she was too close for comfort, I snapped the pipe off and swung it at her. I smashed the side of her head, leaving me shocked as the pipe bounced off her head, the metal vibrating. She stood unharmed. Her head had dented the pipe. It was like hitting a boulder. She yanked the pipe from my grip, swiftly swinging it at my head instead. I tumbled into the wall as my ear rang blood instantly dripping down my face. My head pounded as I tried to see straight. Before I could even try and stand up, she wrapped her hand around my neck. She had the grip of a gorilla as she lifted me off the ground, about to crunch my throat. I grabbed at her arm as she hung me in the air, saliva bubbling through my teeth. Her eyes were ignited as they stared at me. Then, she tossed me across the hall. I fell through the air until I crashed to the ground, feeling like my ribs cracked on impact. With no time to stay down, I lifted myself with the last drops of adrenaline I had left and began stumbling down the hall. I desperately searched for a room to hide in as she stayed on my tail. I threw the janitor's closet door open, quickly throwing myself in and slamming the door shut. She immediately began tugging at the knob after I twisted the lock. Stepping backwards, pressing my back against the shelf, knocking over bottles of cleaning supplies. She then began hitting the door repeatedly. I needed to find a weapon, fast. If she had the strength to bend a metal pipe, she had the strength to break down a door. I searched the room in panic, throwing around mops and bottles. I looked behind me, the door about to cave in. I needed to use what I had to my advantage. I grabbed a bottle of bleach, shaking it to see how much was left. It was about half full. I quickly twisted the cap off, my hand trembling. The door came crashing down, wood chips flying across the small room. She shoved it out of the way, preparing to lunge at me. I whipped around and tossed bleach at her face. She shrieked in agony as it doused her eyes, spazzing as she grabbed at her face. She stumbled backwards, practically clawing at her eyes. I rushed over, ready to attack. As she removed her hands from her face, I plunged my fingers into her eyes. She wailed even louder as she tried to pull my arms away. I shoved my thumbs in farther, swirling them around her eye sockets until her eyeballs turned to mush. She dropped to her knees, letting out blood-curdling cries as blood streamed down her cheeks like tears. 
She swung her arms around aimlessly, her eyes entirely demolished. I wiped off my thumbs against my pants, covered in blood and chunks of flesh. I then wrapped my hands around one of her horns and began to pull. Her shrieks grew louder and louder as the horn began to detach from her skin, strings of flesh splitting like melted bubblegum. With one last tug, I tore the horn off, earning a scream from her that was worth trapping in a bottle. Blood squirted from her head as she let out breathless cries. I tilted my head as I observed the horn, rubbing my fingers against its grooves. I looked down at her, realizing she wasn't over with. I held the horn like a knife, aiming at her gaping mouth that continued to let out sounds of agony. I pierced the horn through her mouth, her face dropping as blood began pooling in her mouth and trickling past her lips. She fully dropped to the ground, blood gurgling in her throat. I pressed my back against the wall, slowly sliding to the ground. I just needed a moment to breathe. My side throbbed as I sat. The pipe had done good damage. I leaned my head back, wetting my dry eyes as I blinked slowly. I enjoyed breathing slowly, for once. How do I always get myself into these situations? I chuckled to myself. Satisfied with my short break, I stood up, groaning as my sore ribs ached. I flipped her corpse over, digging through her pockets until I found the keys. They jingled as I lifted them, dropping them in my pocket. As I was about to walk towards the staircase, I remembered the people. I couldn't just leave them. I went back to the room, their eyes lighting up with excitement at the sight of me. One by one, I unhooked them, helping them onto the ground. Thank you, thank you, a woman cried as she shook my hand, her whole body shaking. I had no idea what to say, so I just nodded. Before I led them to the staircase, I snatched a bottle of anger from the shelf and shoved it in my pocket. They seemed to be as good as grenades. I then left the room. The people followed behind me. They seemed to be stuck here for a long time, their legs weak like jelly. I unlocked the staircase, opening the door for them. Go, quickly, and call the police, I ordered, motioning for them to run. They squeezed through the door, desperate to escape. They ran up the stairs like a stampede, and were out of my sight quickly. I followed suit, my wounds throbbing as I limped up the stairs. I finally reached the first floor as I pushed open the door. I stepped into the main lobby, seeing rows of waiting chairs in the front desk. I made my way into the lobby and realized the exit was to my left. Except a man was standing in front of the glass doors. I froze in silence as I watched the man stare out the doors prisoners running in the distance. What have you done? His voice shook, bawling his fists as if he sensed my presence. It was the doctor that almost caught me earlier. He slowly turned around, the veins in his face bulging. His eyes were pure black, like staring into a void. You'll pay for this, he growled, his voice demonic. I ran away from sweet freedom as he came stomping towards me. I zigzagged around the hall as I pulled on every doorknob, being left with nothing but locked doors. I was so close, I couldn't die now. When I found an unlocked door, I threw it open and leapt inside. I slammed the door behind me, locking it quickly. I had entered an operating room, medical machinery standing around and a blue table in the middle. 
I began throwing open drawers, looking for any type of weapon. After finding useless things like stethoscopes, I snatched a bone saw. I almost jumped out of my skin as he began pounding on the door. I turned around, watching as it bounced on its hinges. I crept towards the door, facing my back against it as I got close. I slowly reached for the lock, twisting it to unlock the door. He tried to throw it open, but it was blocked by my body. He shoved his hand through the crack, trying to grab at me. That was my cue, as I threw my back against the door, loosing it on his wrist. He roared in pain from behind the door as he began kicking it, his trapped hand wriggling around. I reached over with the bone saw, pressing the blade against his wrist. He screamed in agony, rapidly kicking the door harder as I began to slice his hand off. The blade easily cut through his skin and muscle, blood squirting and dripping down the door. His hand began to slump as I hit his bone, blood pouring onto the floor. I gripped the saw with two hands as I cut through thick bone. He tried desperately to pull his hand out, but I kept enough pressure to keep it stuck. When I cut through his bone, I sliced through the rest of his skin, completely amputating his hand. It plopped into the pool of blood on the ground, white bone poking out of the stringy meat. Blood squirted out of his nub as he removed it from the door my body pressure shutting it. I quickly locked it again, his wails ringing from behind the door. He was going to continue coming after me, and I wouldn't be able to pull off another stunt like that again. I then remembered the bottle that I stored in my pocket. I pulled it off, twisting it around in my grip. I thought of the ways I could use it to my advantage, but none of them would kill him, until an idea popped up in my head that would either save my life or get me killed. I twisted the cap off, quickly shoving the bottle into my mouth. The sensation of the scream filling my mouth was indescribable. I could hear it in my ears. I squeezed my eyes closed as I somehow swallowed it. I stood for a moment, waiting for its effects to kick in. For a moment I was confused, as I felt completely fine, until my body began to feel hot. My limbs twitched as my skin grew hotter, the blood running through my veins feeling like magma. In mere seconds, I felt like I could split the earth in half with the stomp of my foot. I marched towards the door, my body feeling weighted. I threw the door open, the knob banging against the wall. The doctor stood, his back facing me as he whimpered. His hand wrapped around his bleeding nub. I rushed up behind him, dropping my foot into the back of his leg. He grunted as he dropped to his knees, holding himself up with one hand. I cracked him over the head with my heel knocking him flat on the floor. He groaned in pain as I planted my left foot on his back and my right on the bicep of his good arm. I reached down and began pulling his arm back. He choked out screams as his bone began to crack. It felt like a fire had ignited within me, harboring pure rage. I gave it one last tug and snapped his arm. He tried to kick his legs into my back as he cried. Blood gushed out of his arm, jagged bone tearing through his skin. I stepped off of him, planting my feet at each of his sides. He groaned through his hyperventilating as I balled his hair up in my fist, lifting his head. Please don't do this. My people need your resources. He begged through his agony. I ignored his pleas and pressed the blade against his threat. It felt like bombs were exploding in my chest, my muscles straining. I began rapidly easing back and forth at his throat. He gargled out screams as blood sprayed across the floor. 
I bared my teeth, my eyes wide open as I pumped hot air out through my teeth. I let out a roar as I sliced faster, his stringy flesh tearing apart. With one last slash, I decapitated him. I raised his severed head up, blood dripping onto his body. My chest pumped as my lungs inflated with air, my heart feeling like a firework. Then, I crashed. The rage in my body plummeted, leaving me feeling exhausted. I dropped the bone saw in the head, blood spurting out as it rolled across the floor. I stumbled off his body, my limbs feeling weighted. I trekked down the hall on the brink of fainting. When I neared the doors, I dropped to my knees. My muscles couldn't handle any more, my vision blurring, but I was so close. I had to keep moving. I moaned as I stood up, dragging myself towards the door. I shoved the door open, leaning on it so I didn't fall. I took in a deep breath of the soothing air, closing my eyes. I did it. Again. I then looked up as the sound of sirens in the distance caught my attention. I was filled with hope for once as three cop cars skidded into the parking lot. One of the officers hopped out of his car, rushing over to help me. I fell into his arms as he walked towards his car. You're okay. You're okay. He reassured me. He opened the car door, helping me in. I settled into the leather seat as he slammed the door shut. I watched in a daze as he sat in the driver's seat, speaking white noise into his handheld radio. I dissociated as I stared at the bars that separated the front and the back seats, feeling lightheaded. I said, what's your name? He suddenly asked, breaking me out of my trance. Maria, I answered, my throat dry. Okay, Maria. We got a call from a group of people claiming they were medical workers that were imprisoned and some crazy things about demons. They claimed you freed them. Is that true? He questioned slowly. I looked up at him in silence as I tried to get my thoughts together. I... Yes, I did. I answered. Alright. Don't worry, you're not in trouble. We're just going to take you back to the station to get you patched up and then you'll have to go through questioning. He explained. I nodded weakly, rubbing my eyes. He started the car, and we began driving back to the station. The car ride was peaceful, but rare moments where I wasn't fighting for my life. I watched as the buildings flashed by in a blur, the clouds moving slowly. I couldn't believe it was finally over. I could breathe. I felt safe. Do you have any family we can contact? He suddenly asked. I turned to him, thinking of a way to answer that question. Family. I, I killed my entire family. I thought about my mom's side of the family, people I hadn't spoke to in years. Would they even remember me? Or, or take me in? Well, here's to hoping they aren't cannibals or demons. <laughs>